0: Hey everybody. We are here. We've made it to the final session of Gear Up. It's been amazing so far and we've covered a lot of ground. It's week 6 today. We've been through 5 weeks of Gear Up and we've we've spoken about a lot, but the whole point of these messages, this series to give us practical tools to really stand in difficult moments. And so as we're going and as life gets hectic and you face challenges come back to the series Take 20 minutes out of your day. Listen to the messages again. Get it in your soul and in your spirit because I believe that this isn't just a a good set of messages, but it's something God is speaking into us for this season. And so here we are. We are at the last session of this Gear Up series. If you're here for the first time, my name is Jean-Michel, and I'm one of the pastors here at Victory, and it's great to be able to bring the word to you today. And we've been talking about the armor of God, that's what gear up is all about, but we've been talking about how the armor, even though we wear it, it's not centered on us. It's actually centered on the person of Jesus Christ, who he is, what he brings, what he gives us, the life he gives, and how he fights the battle. For us. If you haven't noticed it yet, those of you who have, have been on this whole journey with us, if you haven't noticed it yet, Jesus has been changing the way that we think about ourselves by showing us who He is, who He is in you. He's changing the way you think about yourself by showing you who He is in you. And we've spoken about how everything the world brings. Jesus brings the opposite. Now, when there is brokenness, he brings wholeness. When there is lies, he brings truth. When there is sin, he brings righteousness. And just over and over again, when there is anxiety, he brings peace. Come on. When you face these things, you're able to stand because of what he brings. And so we're going to jump straight into our key scripture today Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17. And we're going to jump into the last session of Gear Up. If you're ready, post a thumbs up in the chat. Come on, let's read together. Ephesians 6.17 says, Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. We're focusing in on that first part. Take the helmet of salvation. And that's really all it says. It doesn't go deeper than that. It just says, take the helmet of salvation. Just a few little words. But I'm telling you today, there is so much depth and so much meaning to that. And so as we jump in today, as we break this open, let's pray and let's get into God. Father, we ask you, Holy Spirit, that you would pour your presence out on us, that today in this message Father, your name will be glorified, that your word will be spoken, that our hearts and minds are made ready to hear what you have to say. We pray for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on. So as we start off today, we're going to talk about, as we always do, what the helmet looked like and what the Ephesian church would be picturing in their mind as Paul is writing this to them and so a roman helmet for a legionnaire or for a soldier it came in different types, right? And there was all the way from the basic type, it was just kind of a head covering and plates, uh, kind of steel that was able to deflect blows, all the way through to kind of fancy helmets that, that centurions would wear. They would they would have a visor and side grips covering the neck. There would also be plumage at the top. That's what we imagine, sometimes red, sometimes purple, depending on what your rank was. We had all these different specs of helmets that we would wear that they would wear sometimes with a nose covering as well but regardless of the way that the helmet looked the function was always the same what was the helmet for come on type in the chat what was the helmet for to protect the head right not so much the head but protecting the mind Come on, this is our key today. What is the helmet for? It's to protect your mind. And so here's the thing. Our mind is so vital. It's so important to our lives. The mind controls everything else. Check this out. A blow to your mind affects your whole body. right? A blow to your body doesn't necessarily affect your mind, but the mind controls the body. And so it's so important to protect your mind. Uh, You can imagine, you know, There are so many sicknesses or diseases where there is the connection between the mind or the brain and the body that somehow the connection is either severed or disrupted somehow, and then things don't work out properly. So there's nothing physiologically wrong with your hand or your muscles or your bones or your nerves even, yet the signal doesn't come properly from your brain to your hand, your arm, and so it doesn't function correctly, or maybe it doesn't function at all. There's nothing physiologically wrong, but because the mind hasn't fully been able to connect, there is an issue. Same with nerves. If the nerves are not connected properly to the brain, then you lose feeling. You can get numb. You can not be able to function correctly. The mind is so important. But the world today is, is much more kind of coming to grips in terms with the idea of mental wellness. In our bodies, we know when something's wrong because it hurts. And as soon as something hurts, we get it checked out. We take care of our bodies. We eat every day. We sleep every night. We drink water. We go to gym, or at least some of us go to gym, right? And we try and take care of our bodies. But now we're trying to learn how to take care of our minds. And that's amazing. That's beautiful. I encourage that because self-care is huge. We take care of ourselves so that we can take care of others, right? We take care of our own minds so we're able to take care of our families, take care of our spouses, take care of our ministries, our jobs. Come on. We take care of ourselves. It's important. And the mind uh, or the world kind of understands this in the idea, especially in our modern time through the idea of affirmations and meditations, right? If you're into self-care at all, you know all about this, Or especially even in entrepreneur culture where, where people are trying to kind of hustle and get things done and and grow business and break free financially, right? There's this idea of affirmations where entrepreneurs and business owners will wake up every morning and they'll put it on their shower wall or they'll put it in their kitchen or somewhere that they see right at the beginning of the day and they will speak these affirmations over themselves to say, no, I am capable, I am focused, I have wisdom, I have everything that I need in order to do what I need to do, right? It's like bringing out What you want to see by declaring it over yourself. And this is what we were speaking about last week. This is the sword of the Spirit, right? It's how much more powerful than my own affirmations for myself is God's affirmations for me, right? The thoughts, we spoke about this last week, the thoughts of God for me in my mouth declare my future. And so as I speak out what God thinks about me, that changes everything. Affirmations can work a little bit, but let me tell you this. God's affirmations for you will change everything. It works in your mind. And even meditation. I'm not talking about necessarily Eastern meditation or anything like that, but the concept of getting into a quiet place, turning off the noise, letting your mind rest and come at peace, and letting God fill that space with His life, that's amazing. It's something I think we should all seek to do. I believe Jesus did this when he took time away from his disciples, away from everybody, and he went into the quiet place with God. He turned off the noise, and he let God fill him with God's word for who he was. Remind him of his identity. Remind him who he is. Get closer to him. Grow him up. Speak things into him. That's huge for every one of us. Come on. The world is starting to understand that they need to take care of their mind and here in church we need to do the same because we don't just have ourselves but we have the power of God to take care of our minds and we, we're talking about the helmet of salvation right that's what we're talking about today and we're going to explore this idea a little bit because it's there to protect your mind and so let's talk A little bit about the word mind, right? We've over this series, we've been also bringing out some of the Greek words. I I think it's beneficial and helpful to us sometimes to explore the original writings and what those words mean, because as it gets translated into English, sometimes it loses one or two small things about it, right? But when we see the original word and what they were trying to communicate, it helps us understand just a little bit better what these scriptures are trying to say. So when we see Paul use the word mind, he uses the word new or noose. It's a Greek word and it means your mind, your ability to reason. As you imagine your intellect, right, the, the way that you think, it means your ability to reason. But check it out. It's not just your rational thoughts, right, the thoughts in your mind, but it encompasses your emotional space as well. So this is a holistic idea. We could call this the soul, right? It's your thoughts, it's your mind, it's your ability to reason, and it's your emotions, it's your emotional response, it's the fullness of you as a person. When we talk of the word mind, this is what Paul has when he says mind, And when we're protecting our mind, we're protecting our thoughts. We're protecting our emotions. And there's this amazing scripture in the Word that talks about our mind. It's huge. We all know it. And we're going to explore it a little bit today. It says this. It's found in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And it says this. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Come on, don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed Can I just take a minute right now to say to you who is watching this, some of us are looking for transformation in our lives by changing the things that we do, but we're finding we're still conforming to the pattern of this world, not understanding that we're not actually changing the thing that brings transformation. What is that? Our minds We're changing what we do. We're trying something new. We're we're creating new habits or trying to do something new in our lives. But we haven't actually changed the thing that actually brings transformation. And that is our mind. Our mind brings transformation. We're changing our behavior and not changing our mind. And so eventually our behavior begins to conform back to the way our mind works we're changing the wrong thing see when you change your actions you get temporary transformation but when you change your mind you get lasting Transformation. The way you think is everything. Come on, the battlefield is in your mind. Even the word repentance in the Greek, it's the word metanoia. It doesn't mean to change your actions and it doesn't even mean to be sorrowful for your actions. It means to change your mind. So when we're going to repent of something that we're doing that's wrong, we're not going, God, I'm sorry. We're saying, God, I'm changing the way I think about that thing i don't want to think of it as having power over me i don't want to th- i want to, don't want to think of it as something i need in fact you are what i need and as we change our mind our actions start to change come on, church we want transformation we want change we want renewal we transform by the renewing of our mind we need to understand It is the way we think that determines everything. Come on, the way we think about our marriages, the way we think about our spouse, Some of us need transformation in our marriages. So we're trying to treat our spouse different or take different actions. But we're still thinking about them, thinking about marriage the way we used to think about it. We're thinking the way the world thinks. Or we're thinking the way our parents told us. Or we're thinking the way that that pastor once told us. But we haven't actually let the Spirit of God change our mind as to what He wants for our marriage. What He wants for you. Come on, we need to change our minds the way we think. You're looking for change by changing your actions, but you need to change your mind. It's the same for your business, for your marriage, for your kids, for your ministry. We've got to think about these things the way God thinks about them. Our minds need to transform more and more into the likeness of Christ, the way that Christ thinks. But transform into what, right? So if you've grown up in church, you'll have heard this before, the mind of Christ or thinking like Christ, thinking the way Christ thinks. What does that even mean? Christ only ever thought good things. He only ever thought nice things. Is that what it means? I don't really think so. You know, Christ thought some pretty hardcore things a lot as well. And in fact, something we all need to understand, Jesus laid down his divinity. He became fully human, and what that means is that he went through the things that we go through. It doesn't mean he sinned, of course. He didn't sin. But at the same time, he went through the thoughts and the challenges in his mind that we go through. Yet, to have the mind of Christ must then be something else. And I think the best place to go is biblically. right? What is the mind of Christ? What does that actually mean to have the mind of Christ. And so we can look at it right here in Romans chapter 12. It is actually not, it doesn't just end there where we ended. We can read on into verse 3 and that completes the thought as to what Paul is trying to say. So if we read that again, Romans chapter 12 verse 2 says this, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Verse 3, For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to you. What does it mean to have the mind of Christ? Is to have a mind of humility. A mind centered on others, not centered on yourself. Come on, come on, track with me here. We're talking about the helmet of salvation. And we're going to dig into that word of salvation. But I want you to see something. The mind of Christ is a mind focused on others, not focused on yourself. That's what this is saying, that we don't think of ourselves too highly, but we think more of others. We can see this thought Um, kind of expanded on in the book of Philippians. This is now another letter of Paul written to the Philippian church, and we can see that in Philippians chapter 2. I'm going to read quite a lot of scripture, so track with me from verse 1. It says this, therefore if you the church have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, Then make my joy, Paul's joy, complete by being like-minded, right? The same kind of mindset. Having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Our intellect, our thoughts, and our emotions need to become one. Verse 3, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests by each of you, but each of you to the interests of others. Come on. There it is right There, Philippians, same author, he's writing and saying, I want you to have one mind, and this one mind, I want it to be Christ's mind, and Christ's mind focuses on others instead of yourself come on do not be conformed to the pattern of this world what is the pattern paul is talking about he is talking about a pattern that is self-seeking self-centered self-gratification it's all about me and myself and what i need but god is not like that christ is not like that he is others focused and we as we become more like him begin to focus on others more than we focus on ourselves it is the mind of christ to have a mind of humility centered on others this is jesus mind philippians chapter 2 verse 5 it says this in your relationships with one another have the same mindset as christ jesus again we're saying the mind of christ Come on, Jesus models something for us here, a spirit of humility. As a man, Jesus did not count himself equal with God, his, his, himself being God, as something to use to his advantage. Yet he humbled himself and lived a true human life. And he models for us that our lives are not centered on ourselves. They are centered on others. They are centered on on those around us. Come on. Some of us are looking for transformation in ourselves. you got to know that your life is not for you. It's for others. Come on. Some of us are looking for transformation in our marriages. Your marriage, it's not for you. It's for your spouse. It's for others. Come on. We're looking for transformation in our relationship with our kids. Come on. your kids, Your relationship with your kids is not for you. It's for them. Make it about them, what's best for them understanding them not yourself some of us as parents are trying to force our will on our kids some of us as spouses are trying to force our will on our spouse but it's not we are not there for ourselves the marriage is not for you it's for your spouse and as you come in with that servant heart that's when transformation comes that's when renewal comes come on jesus models for us a humble life so let's just let's switch gears just for a second and let's talk about the word salvation let's talk about the scripture I want to look at two words from our scripture taking up the helmet of salvation because this is how our minds begin to actually change because it's all good and well for me to tell you live an other-centered life but you know that you and I were not capable of doing it We actually need transformation to come from a savior. And this is why it's the helmet of salvation. Because we can't save ourselves. We can't change our own minds. We can't shift ourselves. We can try as hard as we want. And we can be as disciplined as we want. But in reality, we need a savior. And so I want to look at the first word. It says take up or take the helmet of salvation. What is that word? That word is "dexast." Okay, Greek word it means to receive with warmth or to welcome. This is not a military term, we are not putting on the helmet of salvation, we are receiving the helmet of salvation. Come on, track with me here. We are receiving the change, the protection. The renewing of our mind is not something we take. It's not something we do. It's something we receive with warmth, something we welcome into our lives. And check it out. That word salvation, it comes from the word soteria or sozo. Soteria is the The noun, sozo, is the verb. And if you've spent any time in church, you might have heard this word sozo. Soteria and sozo, they mean salvation. And they mean holistic salvation in every part of your life. Soteria means rescue from danger, rescue from a dire situation, a life-threatening situation, But interestingly enough, soteria is most often used in the Bible when talking about health. Health. Talking about self preservation. So, in the way that we might say to someone, How are you doing? they would use this word to say, How is your soteria? How is your preservation? How is your health? And this word soteria also means spiritual deliverance. So what I want us to see here is that the salvation, the helmet of salvation, this thing that protects your mind, the thing that protects your mind, is spiritual health that is given to you. Come on, it's health we receive. What is our action? To take, to receive. We receive it. And as we receive it in, it changes us from the inside out. And I want you to see one last thing. Come on. How does Jesus achieve that high, uplifted place? Through choosing a life of humility, right? How does God exalt him as he humbles himself? God exalts him. Come on, you want breakthrough in your marriage? you got to humble yourself so God can exalt you. Husbands and wives, I'm challenging you today. Humble yourself so that God can lift up your marriage. You want breakthrough in your business? Come on, humble yourself. Serve your customers. Serve your staff, not yourself first. Staff first. Customers first. Business first first and as you humble yourself God will uplift you come on others centered it's not just about ourselves as Christ humbled himself it says God exalted him and he wants to do the same in your life he wants to transform you as you humble yourself as you let that spirit of humility come and your mind be renewed on the way that God thinks the way that Christ thinks he exalts us and lifts us up come on your marriage is not about you. Your ministry is not about you. Your business is not about you. Even though the world is constantly bringing our minds back to ourselves, Jesus is challenging us to make it about someone else, to make it about others. Come on, can I take one step deeper? Your addiction is not about You. Come on, that bad habit that you have, that sin that you're struggling with, it's not about you. The enemy is telling you all the time it's your fault. You're broken. You don't have the ability. You'll never get past it. You don't have enough discipline. You can't be free from this. He's bringing it back to you the whole time. But you know that God is saying take your mind off yourself, off your circumstances, off your storm and your difficulties, and look at others. See how your life can serve others serve your family, serve your church, serve the people around you. And as you do that, transformation comes. Your mind begins to change. Your outlook begins to change. Your mindsets begin to change. And things change around you. Come on, this is the helmet of salvation. He is our Savior. He brings health. He brings mental health. He brings physical health. He brings deliverance. He brings it to us. And our earthly mind, our emotions, our soul, our intellect is transformed day by day as he renews our mind on what he says about us. Come on. This is the helmet of salvation. We receive. We receive with warmth. We welcome him and his mind to come into us, to remind us. That our life is not about ourselves, but as we put and surrender our life to Christ and put our life in His hands, He changes everything. He changes everything. And church, as we come to the end of this series, this is the final full stop to say that Jesus wants to bring deliverance to you. He wants to bring salvation and peace and hope. He wants to bring it to you. And we're so busy trying to change ourselves that we forget it's him who changes our mind, changes our mindsets. And I don't know what you're struggling with today. You know, when Paul wrote that letter to the people in, in Philippi, the Philippian church, they were going through a dire situation. They were being persecuted for their faith. They were suffering and they were struggling. And yet he says to them, take joy, take peace. You might be going through a difficult moment right now. God wants to give you peace. And he wants to come and speak into your situation. He wants to give you a spirit of humility. He wants to renew your mind day by day. And transformation will come. That's his job. Transformation will come. So what are you struggling with today? What do you need breakthrough with today? If you change your mind, or better yet, if you let Jesus begin to change your mind, you will start to see change come. So come on, let's pray together. Lord God, I thank you right now that you are busy shifting things inside of us, shifting the way we think, shifting the way we reason, shifting the way that we are. We know that as our mind changes, our actions change. As our mind changes, our emotions respond in new ways. And so I'm praying for marriages right now. I'm praying for families right now. That, Lord, unity is coming. That change and shift and beauty is coming, Lord God, through your transformation. I'm praying for businesses right now. That, Lord Jesus, you are teaching business owners how to be others-centered and not self-centered. And you're changing the way we think about this all the time. Lord God, this is the way you change us. You transform us by giving us a new mind the mind of Christ, the mind of humility. And we're asking for you to give that to us today. We receive with warmth your helmet of salvation that brings deliverance and peace and health to us, physical and mental. We receive it today. And we ask you to change our minds, bring change to us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.